Welcome to the You, Me and the GP radio show, a health exercise and nutrition show for over 40s who want to get back to their best. Discover how to keep yourself fit, healthy and full of energy. Each week, your hosts Rich Clark and Dr. Mark Daniels will answer your questions and interview special guests. Rich Clark is an exercise scientist and nutritionist who helps over 40s thrive, not just survive in today's busy world. Dr. Mark Daniels is a practicing GP with 25 years experience. He's had notable success with his patients using simple dietary changes rather than medication to provide improvements. Living in Wales with their families, they see the effect poor health has on people on a daily basis and how easily it can be turned around. Sit back and enjoy our tips and advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the show. I believe this is 28 or something like that. Now Mark was just asking me how many of these things have we done because he calls them things because he just turns up for the recording bit and all that sort of stuff. So 28 Mark, we are flying mate. Um, enjoy- yeah, all going good, huh? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. We've got about, um, I think, 9,000... Uh, visits on the the podcast and god knows how many listens then those nine thousand potential people have have listened to it but the the figures are all good and um i think now people can hear us even better they're uh uh, it's only going to get better uh so uh Good. It's amazing what people are listening to, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple of uh, crazy Welsh guys. Uh, Scar people, uh, I'm sure they'd have better things to do here, you know. But uh, no, it's all good, mate. And people love our uh, uh, what we're doing here, and uh, all for the people who, who listen to, obviously. And uh, yeah, we, we're uh, helping a lot of people, and, and that it's got to be a good thing. So yeah, can I ask if it's some people who we have had? Um you know, advice from us. If they want to give us some feedback, that would be helpful as well. Yeah. And if uh, further questions are always welcome because it's, it's nice to keep in contact and see how people are doing. Yeah, and, and on that note, we are having a special event. So we mentioned in the last episode, but just to give it another quick mention, special event will be in September. Obviously, I'll give the date. It's 2014 because these things are going to be out there for years. And it's in Swansea. It's on, in September on a Wednesday night, 6 till 9, and we're going to do something with exercise. Uh, education and we're gonna have a meal then from my cookbook at the end of it uh, a clean and tasty uh, meal uh, two or three courses uh, there so if you did want to meet up and touch and feel us and and you know see that we are real people and all that sort of stuff please come along uh, to what's called the evening with you me and the gp a really original name uh, took me a while uh, to come up with that one so yeah the event is on and it's looking busy. Okay, diabetes today, Mark, special. Yeah. Sure, I mean, this is uh, my um, thing I, I sort of, uh, not specialise, that's not the right word for it, but the thing I'm, I'm most interested in. You're very passionate about this. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, 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 that's, that's the right word, passionate is right. Yeah, it's, uh, and, and so you should be. It's uh, There's a, well, there's a shitstorm going on out there for a better word and uh, I'll speak about some of the stuff I've been reading about as we go along here. Okay, Mark, as uh, we've we've said, you're going to kick off this one. It's a diabetes special, so yeah. sweet. Do you want me to answer the first question? Do you want me to say that the first question? Yeah, you go for it, man. Make a change for me to actually... Go on then, yeah, you go for it. You said you'll, you'll tell the story on this one. Yeah, okay, okay. This is a chap who came through on uh, Revolutionary Health. He's His name's Scott. He's a 36-year-old ex-rugby player. Uh, 
his story is basically put on weight since he stopped playing, uh, having kids, increased work pressures. He wanted to exercise and eat healthily. His, he was 22 stone when I first met him, and he was 5 foot 10-ish. Um, basically, the bottom line is we, uh, we saw, I, I spoke to him and um, said, right, you need some blood. So we did some bloods on him. And unfortunately for him, he turned out to be diabetic. So, I mean, that was a bit, I mean, yeah, you, you don't expect it at 36, ex-rugby player, and suddenly to become diabetic, but it was a bit of a shock to him. He was in HbA1c in the 50s, which means he's, you know, plum diabetic. 50s? In the 50s, HbA1c in the 50s, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it, the, the thing is... That's what, what's that? That's because it's undiagnosed and uncontrolled. Yeah, undiagnosed, but no, no, the basic bottom line, 49 and below, 40, sorry, 42 to 49, 42 to 48, sorry, 42 to 48, is impaired glucose tolerance. It's almost diabetes, if you want to say. They, they, they're not very good at handling sugar. So for, yeah. below 42 is, is normal. 42 to 48, impaired glucose. 49 plus is diabetic, all right? Sorry, um, Mark, uh, just to go a quick question changed, on that. The, the numbers have changed. Ah, right. Sort of, percentage yeah. it used to be. So what are they doing to my little percentage? I used to like percentages. What, yeah, what, it's, not, it's not like that anymore. You, you're not sort of 5.2 or above 7. Above 7 is diabetic. None of that happens anymore. Oh, so God. basically everyone has a number now. That's uh, so the, the basic thing is under 42 is okay. 42 to 48. 42 to 47 is um, pre-diabetic, as we like to call it. And 48... Plus is diabetic. And you have to have two readings above 48 to be diabetic. Well, his were in the 50s, so he was plum diabetic. Right, okay, okay thanks for that. So, so well, I had a chat to him, and what we do with Revolution Health is we, we give him um, advice. And we basically what they do is they um, give us their, what they've eaten that week, and we tell them, first of all, we're encouraging, insulting. <laughs> and uh, he basically, he, he, was a, he was fabulous. He was drinking too much beer. We, we took him off beer, put him on cider, but less cider than he would normally drink. Obviously, it was over Christmas, so we had a few ciders. But why, why I'm telling the story is, basically, he changed his diet. He went on to a low-carbohydrate diet with plenty and plenty of support from ourselves. And we we, there's no point checking your HbA1c in a week later because it won't make any difference. It checks your blood sugar over 120 days, all right? So... He had his blood sugar. He, he was desperate to know how he was doing. I was saying, I, I'm not really interested in how much weight he was. He was losing weight hand over fist, but I wasn't really interested in that. I said, in three months after you start this diet, we will then test you again. So three months later, we tested him. He'd lost four stone in weight. Mm-hmm. So he was down from 22 stone to 18 stone. And he, his HbA1c had gone from 55 diabetic to 36, which is not even pre-diabetic. So yeah. he had gone completely into remission. Yeah. Just by diet. <clears throat> so I would said to him at the beginning, I said, you've got two choices here, Scott. So I'll, I'll back up a bit. You've got two choices here. You can either go down the standard diabetic protocol of eating a diabetic diet, which is loads of whole grains, loads of um, um, sort of things that you should, I think you shouldn't eat, basically. Those are carbohydrates. And you'll end up having bad eyes, bad kidneys, maybe a heart attack. And you'll never, never become non-diabetic. Or you could just have a go with me. And he had a, to be fair to Scott, he, 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 he just said, yeah, I'll have a go with you. And we got him, so he's now he's now no longer diabetic. Obviously, if he goes back to his old ways, he would eventually become diabetic again. So I never say someone's cured. He's in remission. Good. So he's not on any drugs. He's not anything at all. He's in remission. And that's just by purely working with us and having advice over for over three months. And he's still in remission now. We're now, what, six yeah. months later. Yeah. yeah. So Fantastic. he's done very well. Fantastic. So that's what you can do with a diabetic. Mm. And there's more and more of these stories now coming. And uh, oh, absolutely, I just yeah. wanted to like, kind of go on, like, kind of just say for everybody who maybe doesn't know as much about diabetes, guys, this is the crack at the minute in the world, okay? 
the government and organisations like Diabetes UK are pretty much giving out the advice for the diabetic diet to be, uh, for type 1s and type 2s, uh, to be starchy carbohydrates with every meal, pretty much. Yeah, and, six or seven a day. Yeah, and uh, Diabetes UK up to 14 portions yeah. per day, that's including fruits and vegetables. I'm presuming it's five fruit, five veg, and, and four starches, they're saying there. But anyway, so basically these guys are saying this. The government is saying that you should eat carbohydrates. There's nothing wrong with carbohydrates. But we find the complete opposite to be true as people who are seeing results with diabetics. So yeah. not, not just having diabetics under us, like a, a dietitian has hundreds of diabetics under her who she's making fatter. Sorry to all the dietitians diet, uh, out there. So... They are peddling uh, this advice, which doesn't work. And people like Mark and I are giving out advice, which seems to be working and, and, and giving results like Mark just explained in Scott's story. So, so that's the lay of the land out there at the moment. You've got the government and Diabetes UK and all these other kind of um, stick up your ass organizations are saying eat carbohydrates. And then you've got the rest of us out here saying low carbohydrates is the way. So, I mean, basically, the, um, the the treatment for diabetes now in this country is eat as much carbohydrates as you like, and we'll give you drugs to to, to lower your, your sugar. I mean, the latest drug. I mean, you cannot believe the latest drug. The latest drug that's being peddled at the moment. It basically uh, makes you pee one can of coke a day. In other words, it makes you pee the sugar equivalent of one can of coke a day. The side effects of it, of course. What's it right. called? Uh, I can't remember what it's called now. I got some. Uh, I, I've got. I've got. A, it's, it's a G, and I can't remember what it's called. Okay, it's let me check. One. I got some uh, things down here written down on this doctor. It was um, let me see. Da, 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 da. I should have. Actually Ro- Ross. Down, Ross Piglatazone. Yeah, and then I got but, Siglatapin. But anyway, this guy is saying. It's not conflicting, no. I love the way you spell stuff. Say these things. Um, I can. While while we're talking, I'll look it up and we'll find yeah. it. I'll find it for you. Um, but the the, the some... other thing, the other thing I, I think we need to say is there are two types of diabetes. Yeah, right? of course, yes. Type one diabetics. And if you think of type, I mean, there are loads of different ways. You can call it insulin, non-insulin, type mm-hmm. one, type two, adult children. The basic bottom line is, if you are diagnosed as diabetic and you're put on insulin straight away and injections, you, yeah, type, yeah. you are a type one diabetic. You you'll suffer from having no insulin. It's totally different. Your pancreas has given up producing insulin. Mm. Type 2 diabetics, you're producing loads of insulin, but your body won't respond to it. Yeah. And they're the people who've but had the treatment, the, the treatment and the very low-carbohydrate diet is uh, equally as beneficial to both because... It's beneficial to both, but you've got to be a little bit careful with the, the, the type 1 diabetics and the other type 2. All it's right? just all they have to difference is they've basically got to drop off their... As they... Uh, Dropping their carbs off, they have to drop their insulin off. Exactly, exactly. that's the only caveat, really. That I'm. That's uh, the caveat. Aware, now, that's something that's got to be a bit more measured in a type one diabetic. Yeah. Um, the other thing is with type one diabetes, they. Um, so I've lost train of thought. Yeah, type one diabetes, especially in children, it's very interesting that now in in Pittsburgh, I think it's Pittsburgh, they've now when they get a child who comes in with um, new diagnosed diabetes, they put them on a gluten free diet, mm. and some children actually don't become diabetic. Wow. wow. So that's quite, it's, it's an autoimmune disease, and they found that, I mean, 50% of celiac disease, which is gluten, you know, in totally intolerance, 50% of celiac disease people become diabetic. So there is a definite link there, and they've now found that 
sometimes it's too late once you've once you've been diagnosed and you're two three years down the line so don't think you can suddenly cure yourself of coming gluten free you won't but right at the very beginning there is some evidence that wow. it's very early days but there's some evidence that if you put them on a gluten-free diet you can actually stop them becoming diabetic which would be fantastic so, so what does the body do it like kind of the autoimmune the the, the diabetes makes the, the body what, attack the pancreas well yeah absolutely it's an autoimmune disease it stops you producing i mean type 1 diabetes is a wasting disease right oh, if you manage right. to keep person's sugar low enough they can't produce they insulin won't insulin drives sugar into into your into your Cells, system yes. to be used to, to, yeah. to you know, fuel the body but if you can't get that, if you've got no insulin, you can't drive any sugar into your body to, to uh, use your muscles, etc. And so it's actually a wasting disease, exact opposite um, of type 2 diabetes. Right. Oh, that's really, I didn't so, uh, That's great. So people used to die either of what's called diabetic ketoacidosis, where their sugar became too high, or yeah. if they managed to manage their sugar, they wasted away until the 1920s when insulin was uh, discovered yeah. or yeah. able to be used. Yeah. So anyway... Yeah, great, interesting stuff. Type 2 diabetes is the one that I'm more interested in. Yeah, and that's the one that people are, like, bringing on themselves and earlier and earlier because they just, like, you know, as you say, just abusing the food and stuff. Well, it's it's, it's basically, it's the same as people who get chronic obstructive areas disease. It's because of cigarettes. People who become type 2 diabetic, it's because they eat too much carbohydrates. It's a very similar analogy. I like to use that one. Brilliant, brilliant. I mean, that's, that's, that's the first one. I, I, the second one is another person that I've, I've run across. Do you want me to give that question out? Yeah, go on. I'll, I'll read it here and uh, you can... Go on, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, Diane, uh, a question from Diane. Um, hi, uh, Mark and Rich. 34. Sorry, she's 54. She's not 54. Sorry, I'm 54 and for 10 years now, I've been on four drugs, including insulin. I weigh 91 kilos, I'm 5 foot 3, my HbA1c was 107, Mark would know what that means. I feel constantly tired, keep getting infections, sick of feeling unwell, under the hospital. Remember that saying? People say, I'm under the doctor. Under the hospital, but every time I go there, they increase my drugs, I get nowhere, anything I can do for myself, please. Okay, I mean, I, I love the, you know you say under the doctor, I, I, there's three stages of being ill, there's bard, yeah. bard in bed, and bard in bed under the doctor. There we go, there nice Mark, that's, that's wet English I think there, that's uh, English, yeah, top exactly. man, I love it, I love it, my father <laughs> used to listen to that, okay. that's when we were kids. This, this girl came to see me, it's a, you know, I, I know her quite well to be honest, and I, I, I know her so well that I, I, I said to her, look, the same age, you ain't going to live very long the way you are, because HbA1c of 107. I mean, this previous chat was 55. She's been diabetic for a long time. I think it's about 10 years, yeah, 10 years. And she has slowly crept down. 107 is a very poorly controlled diabetic, all right? Yes. And she's on insulin, so she's a type 2 diabetic that has not been able to be controlled. It's the standard story. Basically, go to the hospital, you get started on metformin, very good drug, then you get started on, on perhaps a glycoside, then you get started on something called bieta if you're fat, which oh, makes helps you lose weight, God. then you get started on insulin, which makes you fatter, unfortunately, because insulin drives fat. Drives it's a growth, it's a growth, fat. it's a growth hormone. Absolutely. So, so unfortunately, this poor lady has slowly been made fatter and fatter, her diabetes got worse, she's out of control, she feels terrible, and I said to her, look, okay, let's let's you can try this so you've tried everything else she said, yeah i'll give it a go so she i gave her this you know basic standalone carbohydrate diet um and said so give it a go you know what what's, what's your sugar i mean because she is because she's on insulin and she works she has to and she drives she has to take her blood sugars every every sort of four or five hours to make sure she's not gonna have a hypo or anything yeah so pretty safe to know that she would be checking her sugars and uh, because I know her, she, she was a sensible lady, I said, look, just watch your sugars as you, as you do this. Anyway, she phoned me up three weeks later and said, 
I've come off the insulin after a week. I said, what do you mean? She said, I've come off the insulin after a week because my sugars were so low. I said, fair enough. She said, I've come off the Bieta, which is the next drug, because my sugars were too low. What do I do next? I said, well, you stay on the metformin until we get your next HbA1c. Well, next HbA1c came back two months after she'd had the first, the first one, because we thought we'd better do it because she's got off so many drugs. Yes. HbA1c came back in the 70s. Still high, but God, a, a massive 30 is, yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. Right? It's absolutely yeah. phenomenal. So this this girl, I mean, I will tell you her story as she, as she goes on, because we're at this stage now, but she is a, a woman who's been a diabetic, not like Scott, who's been a diabetic for a long time on everything. She changes her diet. She improves dramatically. So, I mean, there, there is, I mean, if you get some, if you can either come to us to have dietary advice or, you know, you can go to Revolution Health and you can get, actually get, you can pay for advice and you can get handheld through it. But I always think if, if I was a diabetic and I had to spend, I don't know, 500 quid to get advice for four months and become a diabetic in remission with all the increased benefits, I'd do it. And there's a lot of people out there who think, Christ, yeah, I'd do that as well. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, it is worth Finding someone to hold your hand or whatever, you can use us or you can use someone else, someone who knows about this stuff, who can hold your hand through the diet. Because a lot of people, I mean, really don't understand it. Even if you say low carbohydrate, I mean, I had one chat to me. It's crazy. And they, they think they're eating a good diet. I mean, totally. podcast after podcast, people think they're eating a good diet because that's what the government and the food companies, I mean, the food companies are the most powerful people on this earth, just about. Yeah. And they peddle this stuff. And people... You know, you, you have all the adverts on telly telling you these low-fat yogurts are good, this is good. Yeah, Weetabix are good, Mark. Come on, they're honest. They're you know, they're well. great. I mean, they're not, obviously. <laughs> that was a joke, so, yeah. Sorry. So you can, I mean, uh, we have, eight, in, in my practice, we've got 80% of people are diabetic. There used to be 2%. I've said this before. 2% yes. started, 8% now. One in seven people in hospital are diabetic. It is an absolute... Oh, it's, 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 it's a fiasco. Tra- yeah, yeah, it's a travesty, mate. Uh, it's the an end of the travesty. Day. And people need to sort their diet out to get their diabetes and they can get their diabetes in remission if they're a type 2 diabetic yeah. if they're type 1 diabetic they can lower their insulin needs but they can't get themselves in remission they can lower and their insulin lowering needs. your medic lowering in your med- yeah lowering your medication if you're a type 1 diabetic is, is amazing yeah it's right. uh, that's the way to go um, and just for people to know, like what a low carbohydrate diet is, or somebody actually asked me this, about 75 grams a day, two to three ounces, 60 to 90 grams a day, depending on your size, that would be like a low carb diet. Uh, okay, that's uncooked weight of things like rice um, and um, potatoes, uh, things like that, right? So it's not much, yes, granted, but you can have as much vegetables and stuff as you want on top. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I think to put it into perspective, people don't understand. I often have people come into me and I say, "What do you eat in a diet?" I say, "What do you eat?" They say, "Well, I say, do you take sugar in your tea?" Oh no, I never take sugar in my tea. I, and they say, "I always watch what the drugs I have, make sure the coffee has got no sugar." And I say, "Well, yeah. what do you have with your tea for your breakfast?" And they say, "Well, I have two slices of toast." I say, "Well, that's ten spoonfuls of sugar." Yeah, because every four grams of carbohydrate is a spoonful of sugar. Yeah. And I think that's a really good way of explaining to people how much sugar they're actually taking in. Yeah. If you just divide every four grams is a teaspoon of sugar, yeah. you suddenly realise those two slices of bread, that sandwich, had at least ten spoonfuls of sugar in it. Yeah, you know, so you have to um, you have to make people understand what low carbohydrate means because they really don't understand it. Yeah, good, good. That's right. And um, as you say, what Mark said, it's if you need to get a coach to help you through this stuff, then you know people they know where we are and they can they can. Uh... Oh, I've got that name of that drug, by the way. Right. I, I always quote Daffy Daffy Flitterzone, but it's not Daffy Flitterzone. It's Dapper 
Glyph fly, flows as in. Flows in. D A P A G L I F O Z I N. There's one that you couldn't. Yeah, there's even one that you couldn't say then. See, I've never prescribed it. It's coming out of the hospitals now. It makes you pee one can of Coke. A day. My God! Or just don't drink the bloody Mate, kind of I, I I tell you what, my my whole thing on the drugs is ridiculous. Some, like the side effects of some of these drugs is just just. Oh, it's mind boggling. Well, yeah. you, you well you, you wouldn't uh, believe it if if I told you think I was lying yeah. and I was making stuff up. Honest to God, it's ridiculous. Like one or two uh, treatments and people are having like pancreatitis and stuff. Uh, oh, yeah, the good is actually, yeah. well, it's just absolutely horrendous. Um, but so, I I would I would I mean I don't usually sort of push our website, but go to Revolution Health. Maybe get some advice. Yeah, cool. So, last question for this one, and um, I do want to talk about some stuff. I've made a few. You're, you're you're the one who could talk about this one. This is a question for you. I've, I've oh, talked right. about it in my yeah team. yeah. Okay, question three from Sam, and the last one for today. Hi, Mark and Richie. I am twenty five year old male, type one diabetic. Since I was six, since I was a child, I've been warned off strenuous exercise or distance running by my parents and professionals. Mm-hmm warning that my diabetes would suffer and I might go hypo. What advice do you have for a nerdy diabetic who wants to get in shape? I'm not particularly overweight. I just have no visible muscles. Yeah, and these are the other diabetics, as you say, the ones yeah, who've, who've been yeah. there for life, lifers, and they really kind of manage it well, and, and uh, if anything, they're a bit probably too cautious. Now, first question is, when was the last time you had a hypo? And if he hasn't had them, because he's really... He doesn't. Uh, he's, he's, right? he's the, he is a friend of mine's son. I know Great, well, right. So, so if he's not having any hypos, then I'd ask him next question, what's his lowest blood sugar go down to and when? And what is he? What has he done? So to try to get an idea of... of he of, he of, doesn't of, even get close, don't worry. Right, okay. So if he's not even getting close, I'd then have him to test his blood sugar, bring bring all his bits with him, his glucose or his, his, his hypo stops, whatever he, he wants. Um, and then I'd exercise him and test him every probably 10 or 15 minutes, see how things are looking, obviously test him before, during and after, monitor it, dose it and see where you go from there. Um, that's what I do. I've got loads of diabetics and uh, they, they don't have any issues whatsoever uh, with training and they definitely don't get any hypos. Um, once I had a girl in a class with me and Tlethley, um she had a hypo chin on the chest jobby um in the doctor's referral environment and um yeah that's the only time i've had anybody go completely on me you know i've had a few low, low blood sugars and a few people getting a bit drunk and stuff but yeah it shouldn't happen uh if you're with a professional um, and I, I think the fear of hypos is what has made especially in type 1 diabetes is what's made the sort of dietetic community push this carbohydrates i think they, they push it because of the type ones were the commonest things yes years ago and well, now they're a small proportion of the, of the diabetic yeah. population but we're still treating yeah. people as if they're type yeah. one old-fashioned type one yeah and a hypo is a big deal i don't want to like downplay because a hypo is a big deal if you go yeah, bad absolutely. on a hypo you, you, I mean, we've had people who've had their lives ruined by hypo. yeah I mean, there's no two is right you can get brain damage yeah but it's it is if you are sensible it's a rare thing and in type twos it's extremely rare yeah and you, you know you'd have to really like um not know your body and uh, 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 like ignore a sh- shed load of, of, of pre-warning signs sort of thing. So sure. a lot of people I work with, they're like, they know, they can feel it. They're like, oh, I can feel I'm getting low. I need to have something. They just, they know. These people, they, they, it's, their, it's their body. They'll know, you know, intuition or whatever. So, um, yeah, before yeah, this... The other thing I would say is yeah. there are a group of diabetics who are so obsessional 
type 1 diabetes who are obsessional about keeping their blood sugars low, but they always run the risk of having hypos. Yeah. And you try and tell them, look, I have a chap who's in his 80s, and I say to him, look, it doesn't matter if you run a little bit higher now, and he still regularly has hypos. And one day, he's going to yeah. run into real troubles because yeah. he lives alone. Yeah. And he, he, I can't get through to him because all his life he's been obsessional about keeping his blood sugar really low to try and keep himself healthy, which he has done, to be fair. To yes, him. yes. I, I've dragged him off the golf course a few times when he's, he's had a high bone, you know. Mm, yeah, well, and that is, uh, as you say, it's... It, it, it's what I do with people who are trying to lose weight, diabetes. We are trying to toe the line out and we are trying to push the, the thing. And, and you are dancing with hypos a, a little bit in a way, but you, you don't have to like dance too closely. You can keep them at arm's length. So you don't have to go below a three or a four because if you were on a five or a six, that's, that's pretty low. Yeah. You know, I mean, the thing is, thing is we're, again, we're, I don't want to frighten people. We're talking really about type ones here. Type two. Yeah. Sorry. That's not a hypo. Okay. If they're on insulin, they've got a chance, but otherwise it's very, very rare. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. So all that good stuff for diabetics and, and some good examples and stuff that I'm going to just go through some stuff now that I've been kind of reading over the last few months online uh, via um, lots of sites, but primarily through the good old uh, our friend, uh, Dr. Briffer. Okay. So everybody knows about Dr. Briffer. Basically, the first thing I'm going to tell you about is a, a guy who's a GP in the UK, a, a guy called Dr. Des Spence. And he writes a weekly column in the BMJ. I've been published in there. <clears throat> Just a little, you know, my only claim to fame. And um, we, Dr. Spence basically is having a right go at the, the pharmaceutical approach to diabetes. He is well against a lot of the new drugs because there's there's strong evidence that they, they cause um, harm and they double the risk of acute pancreatitis. The often inclusion, this is what he says, of the so-called evidence-based medicine where researchers just mechanically reclaim statistics, pulped into junk educational nuggets, which is mere marketing by another name. Now, this is a guy, right, people, in a, in a medical journal, okay, I've been reading these things since I was like in university and stuff, and the doctor probably gets them for free, put them on his desk and all every every day, but basically... For someone to come out in a medical journal and say that is very rare. Brave as well. It's very brave. He's got balls, quite. Yeah, now, he is putting himself out there for a lot of ridicule and people maybe even do kind of, you know, oh God, paranoid you want to be, but affect his career and things like that. But he's come out, he said this stuff, which is, it, it, to me, it, it shows now people are confident enough because there's enough people saying this stuff that not one person can be kind of attributed with, with leading it, if you, if you want, because it is a bit of a revolt. People are taking matters into their own hands out of sheer frustration. Diabetics who've been um, following the advice of their dietitians and got, only got fatter of saying enough's enough. They're looking on forums like diabetes.co.uk. Don't miss uh, thing that with mix that up with Diabetes UK. But go on diabetes.co.uk, the website. That's one of the best forums uh, around, and that will give you lots of other people who are going through the same thing as you. And I think the GPs are losing credibility over this, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now in our surgery, we don't we don't refer to the dietitians anymore. Uh, the local consultant in diabetology wow. has actually taken away our diet sheet because he, even he, has said, I've had enough of this. 
And so he's taking away our diet sheet and he's wow. going to hopefully start implementing it. So maybe it'll get to a wider audience. Oh. And hopefully through things like the podcast, it'll get to a wider audience of people to realise there is another way to treat diabetes and it is in people's own hands and they can make themselves better. Yeah, that's a, a lot of it, Mark, is, is, you know, kind of, you know, in a way you can see the government don't want to change their stance on the dietitians because, you know, if I was a diabetic and I, I adapted to me, I probably want to take some action or a group of diabetics are going to get together and they're going to take a, a group action against the government for, well... well I, think, I think that's the same for both cholesterol and diabetes. I think yeah. both of those are, are waiting to happen at some point. So if, if, there's, if, a, there's a huge amount of power there, though. You've got the drug companies and you've got the um, food companies, yeah. and they are making a lot of money yeah. out of both food yeah. and drugs for diabetes and for people with high cholesterols, etc. And I, I think even the BMJ, though, I mean, it's on the front of it, you know, sugar is the new enemy, all these things. It, the worm is slowly turning, and it will take a long time. It's like t- turning a tanker. Yeah. Got, it takes a long time to turn, and it has to go slowly, because if, yeah. if the government suddenly came out and say, yes, sugar is the enemy, and don't worry too much about your cholesterol, it's the sugar that really is the problem, they would use a lot, lot of credibility, so they've got to slowly, slowly move around. I think well, I think if, they, if they're too slow, sorry. In small yeah. way, we'll make a difference slowly, and we'll slowly move that tank around. If they if they take too much time, they will lose all Absolutely. credibility. So Absolutely. for me, they would have more credibility if they say, look, we've made a balls up here, research has come to light, we've got to change this, we made a mistake, you know, but... Surely there's a way they could get away with not having to pay the legal thing because they were basing it on evidence-based stuff. So I'm sure Absolutely. they could wriggle their way out of any of it. But again, a lot of jobs and things happen in the pharmaceutical industry. A lot of jobs happen in the food industry. Oh, there's, yeah, totally. There's a, big, there's a big picture out there that it, it will take up. I think it is, it is moving at a pace now. I think things yeah. are moving. Ten years ago, I, I, in our practice, I was ridiculed for having my strange diet. Yeah, and now that's weirdo. what we... Yeah. That's what we actually promote in the practice. Brilliant. This Dr. Spence, okay, he's got, got a little bit here. He says about the drug industry's business plan for diabetes, okay. One, conduct questionable research and control the original data. Two, schmooze the politicians, health regulators, and patient groups to suggest under-treatment and the need for urgent action. Three, recruit Tim diabetologists, massage them with cash and get them to present at marketing events that masquerade as postgraduate education. Four, pay doctors to switch to newer drugs in dubious international post-marketing trials, in uh, post-remarks to trials. And five, seek endorsement from the National Institute of Health and Care and Excellence, uh, NICE, NICE, sorry, uh, to bully doctors to treat diabetes these aggressively with drugs so you know this guy he, he's, he's well informed he's at the, the top of the tree sort of thing and, and this is what he's come out and said about the drug companies and, 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 and diabetes so I'm really hoping that um, something's going to happen on this uh, sort of in the next few years rather than in the next few decades um, but uh, as you say with stuff like what we're doing yeah, we, we're cutting straight to the chase and hopefully be able to get this information to the general public uh, before the NHS and stuff, but I really do love the NHS for lots of things, and I really oh, hope, it's, it's a hope it is. It is. If it was ill, 
my father wouldn't be here today if it wasn't uh, for them, you know. And, uh, well, well I wouldn't us. be walking either. No, you wouldn't be walking. So. Okay. so, you know, not you to run them down because it's a great, as you say, organisation, but at the end of the day, guys, they, they really do need to kind of um, start to, to change the information they're giving people because, you know, if, 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 a, if you, you know, on a good thing, it's misinformed. On a bad thing, it's negligent, isn't it? You know, so um, it does really need to change. So um, there we go. Interesting stuff. I've got the last thing. I was speaking to an eye surgeon earlier. Told me a story about a diabetic. She was 32 years old, being a diabetic for 20 years, so type 1. And he said from one point, um, say when she was 32, to 18 months later, because she wasn't looking after her diabetes, she went blind. Absolutely. This guy is an eye surgeon. He said, that's how fast it can happen. You've got to got to look after yourself uh, and and uh, kind of treat yourself well with the diabetes. So hopefully some gold in there today and um, uh, people will really appreciate that. So uh, cool. All right, Paul? Yeah, good, yeah. Okay, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, usual things, send your questions in and please leave reviews on iTunes. Okay, take it easy. We will see you in our next episode. And bye from me. And bye from me. You, Me and the GP Radio Show is intended for general information purposes and is not meant to diagnose, treat or cure any disease. It is not designed to provide specific advice and anyone with a medical problem should seek the advice from their own doctor. Please note, we accept absolutely no responsibility if you turn into a fitter, stronger, more energetic and all-round better version of yourself. To get the show notes, just head on over to richard-clark.co.uk.